My name is Ginger Ricks. My husband Montel and I have a blended family with three kids. After working in various industries over the last 20 years, I'm a full-time mom now. But how many of you know that whether you work in the field or not at all, you're not just a mom. We women, we wear many hats. And this isn't dress rehearsal either. It's real life, real people, real stories here on The Tripod Mom. All right, everyone. It's another beautiful evening here at the Tripod Mom podcast. I am joined with my girlfriend, Geneva Perry. Geneva, can you say hello to our listeners? Hello, everyone. Ginger, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for being a guest. I'm really excited to have you on. We want to jump right into um, tonight's discussion. We thank you all for joining us tonight. And um, why don't you just introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, sure. And I was hoping you would do a, a little intro of how we met, but that's another story for another time, maybe. <laughs> well, um, you can share that story if you want, because I'm well, not sure. I can't remember how we met. I know who we met through. I know who you met through. It's been so many years. I don't have a story, girl. I thought you did, because then I could add it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. But no, it's been, we all in all, we've known each other for a long, long time. And I'm super grateful for our friendship and sisterhood. Um, But yeah, my name is Geneva Perry. Um, I mean, I'll go into the personal and then maybe the professional route. Um, But personal, um, 34 years old, Christian woman, born and raised in Southern California, single woman. So any fellas that listen, I don't know, do fellas listen to the tripod mom? Anyway, the moms moms know somebody. Anyway, your girl's looking. Um, (laughs) um, Single and ready to mingle. Single and ready to mingle, yes. Um, But also in a professional viewpoint, I'm a school counselor. I've been in my profession for five years have um, also done mentoring for about seven years on and off for um, teenagers, mostly teen girls, because, you know, I relate more to them. Um, And I've also, you know, used to work with the county and did like a lot of services in that regard. So um, my heart is obviously for the youth and um, I adore what I get to do. Um, It's not every day you get to wake up like joyful that you get to go to work. I know a lot of stories from different people that don't have that as their situation. And I'm fortunate to be one of the ones who gets to say, like, I genuinely love what I get to do. I feel like it's a part of who I am. Um, Not the work aspect, but just the purpose that I get to do and pouring, you know, life and light into people that I work with. So, yeah. Got it. And that's actually why I wanted to have you on. So, Geneva does not have any biological children of her own yet, Mm -mm. but Geneva, how many kids would you say that you have during the school year? Uh, Well, last year I had a thousand, like a thousand five hundred and something. This year I have 637 kiddos, a lot of kids. 
So when I invited you to come onto the show, it's because I know that you're well qualified to be a guest <laughs> here on the Tripod yeah. Mom. You don't have to have kids. Um, in fact, I'm excited to bring other guests that um, maybe we'll talk about other topics, you know, other mm -hmm. than just being a mom. But I know that a lot of people can relate to just having interactions with kids because yeah. they're everywhere. <laughs> so, they are. You, they are. You know, we don't want to disqualify anybody who um, may be in a season where you don't have children or maybe you don't want children. Maybe you're a grandparent or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. This show is all about encouragement and really just connecting with other people, um, right. particularly moms, but again, other people um, who just have common interests and, and things in general. And mm -hmm. so um, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because I just feel like your story about um, not just the passion and um, in counseling and, and with young girls um, is incredible, but mm -hmm. just the story and how that propelled you into your career and now yeah. into your business. So yeah. tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what inspired you to become a high school counselor and mm -hmm. also um, how that has helped you in this, I don't want to say new business venture because you've been doing yeah. your um, business for now about two years or so, um, yes, but, yeah. but how, you know, how you've come to where you are today. Yeah. And I'm, and thank you for mentioning uh, the business because that always, like I always connect to work and business like together because it's all working with youth. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I, I've worked with kids from kindergarten all the way up to high school. Um, right now I'm at the elementary site, but I still work with the upper grade level girls um, with certain small groups that I get to run. Uh, so one of my um, passions that drew me to starting my business, Great Encouragement Movement, you can call it Jim for short, what prompted me to start it is um, I had a conversation, actually, it was student-based. I had a conversation with the student one day. I think I was doing like academic planning with them. So, you know, this is back into my high school years when I was working with them. And I said, hey, what do you think you might want to do, you know, like past high school? And just the fact like they looked at me like I asked them something in a foreign language like they didn't understand like the that there was life beyond the right here and now like they I don't know if they fully had like I don't know if someone ever fully said like hey these like you're really good at this or you have these talents or these abilities or hey you have so much purpose to you not not everyone has to be a doctor or a professional athlete or anything like extreme to where you have a platform but just the fact that you exist means that you have purpose and there's so much beauty in that um i don't know if our girls get that type of message all the time so um i i prayed about it and i asked god i was like okay and i i felt the prompting years before jim was even in the picture I was like i feel like i'm supposed to start a nonprofit, and i thought it was going to be in relation to sports and uh, mentoring and that component but then I had, um, I felt like I was like, I want you to look up the vision or look up the process of how gyms are made. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, so I, I looked it up. Um, so long story short, there's three distinct phases that gyms go through in order to have their value, in order to have their, their you know, their uniqueness. Um, they go through a hidden phase, which means they're under the earth. No one knows that they're even developing. Um, and then they go through a pressure phase. They need the pressure actually in order for them to really take shape. 
And then um, they go through the unveiling phase and they always come out in clusters, like no, not a single gym. Um, I mean, from the gyms I list up, don't quote me if there's any people into science like that. Um, but uh, for the most part, gyms form in clusters, like there's never just one gym by itself. So yeah, so when I learned that those were the three distinct phases, I was like, huh. And then I kind of correlated it with like, oh, wait, I feel like us as people go through that type of journey as well, especially, you know, I mean, it could be for anyone, but my passion, like I said, have always been for the teen girls, because I don't know what it is about us, especially as teenagers or preteens, like we feel like we just have to prove ourselves um, that we just, you know, like um, that we're not good enough or there's just so much drama, like, you know, pick, pick your pick. It's such a discovery phase, I feel like, you know, for yeah. boys and girls, but I guess because mm-hmm. we're women, like we've walked in their shoes, but I absolutely mm-hmm. agree that those adolescent years, you're yeah. kind of like figuring yourself out. And if you're yeah. not careful, you can be so impressionable. Like mm-hmm. I was where I was just following what my friends my circle of friends were doing and like, oh, okay, you guys like to do this. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. Okay, you yeah. guys over here like to do this. Oh, I don't like that. So, or I didn't fit into this group. So let me just, mm-hmm. you know, get away from there. Yeah. But I didn't really like, I guess, create my own identity. I exactly. was like a huge follower. So I think mm-hmm. you're right in that sense where it's like, like you a lot of girls or children adolescents mm-hmm. um we need that direction yeah. otherwise you know if nobody is teaching you even your parents and they may not mm-hmm. know that these things are going on with you maybe the right. conversations are not happening in the home but you right. turn around and your kids going through a strange phase and you're like what mm-hmm. happened to my baby and it's like exactly. Well, exactly what do you think is going on Right. And that's, and that's very huge and very on point. Cause it, yeah, it's not just for girls, um, but like I, I pick girls because one, I, I used to be one and you know, I mean, <laughs> you're I'm not anymore, woman, but I'm a <laughs> woman, but I used to be a teen girl. <laughs> Sorry, that be clarified. Um, but there's so much research about like girls, like just not being as confident or girls not feeling like they have, you know, enough motivation or, really believing in who they are. And yes, at that young age, that's when they're the most impressionable. And we have to be speaking life into them. We have to be encouraging them. We have to teach them, hey, what are your values? You know, um, and letting them make their own pathway into like, okay, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm not about. So that way they're not falling into like the whole roller coaster of, all right, I'm gonna hang out with this group because they seem cool, but they don't mesh with any personality trait that I have, but at least I'll be with someone. You know, like they'll be able to kind of pave their own path in a sense. Now, th- is it okay if they go through those roller coasters? Absolutely, because you still learn and you still grow either way. But if we can teach our girls, and I wish I would have had that as a younger, as a teen as well, because then I wouldn't have even tried to be friends with people that I had no business being friends with. I would have hung out with the, I hate to, I mean, back then we used to call them nerds or whatever, but I would have hung out with people that I meshed with and may not have been as popular and would have been just fine. Would have been just fine because I would have, because I would have been, you know, staying true to myself rather than trying to always fit in where I didn't actually fit in. And that's the whole, um, and that's one of the reasons why I started the organization as well. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that I think if I were to go back to my younger self and say, don't hang out with these people mm-hmm. or these influences, and like you said, hang out with the people that maybe were considered nerds, yeah. um, it's okay because mm-hmm. those were my really good friends. And unfortunately I lost a lot of good friends trying to yeah. get in and trying yeah. to be popular and wanting mm-hmm. that, um, attention, you know? Um, yeah. but yeah, I think it's unfortunate for a lot of kids this age, especially, um, in the, you know, scope of having so much access to technology and social yes, media. I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. You know, the comparison is mm-hmm. crazy. And you have yeah. children, you know, comparing themselves, not just, I mean, because, you know, people are always looking at your gear, right? When you're in mm-hmm. uh, elementary, not yeah. even in elementary, I don't think so much, but middle school yeah, and high do. school, that's when yeah. you really start looking like, oh, what they got on, or oh, you got on mm-hmm. these cheap shoes, or you got on the fly gear, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like now it's even more so the comparison yeah. because of the social media, because you're seeing yeah. what um, celebrities are wearing, you're seeing what, um, these YouTube influencers are promoting and, and different Mm -hmm. things. And so wanting to have the new technology, our son just turned 14 and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been begging for a cell phone for years. And we were just like, why do you need a cell phone? You've been at home doing virtual school for two years. Mm -hmm. So you're not going anywhere (laughs) where we need to contact you. I think um, even that, like kids are like, you know, oh, my friends have cell phones, so I need a cell phone. That was that mm-hmm. was his whole reason behind <laughs> the reason why he wanted a cell phone. We were like, no, that doesn't even make sense because you're always right. home. You <laughs> who are right. you calling? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, talk about that. Like, well, how do you think that this day and age, children are relating to each other differently than yeah. maybe when we were growing up? And what are some of the challenges that you're seeing in the schools? Oh, man, that's a huge one, because I mean, they're getting younger and younger with having their own social media um, platforms, whether it's um, Instagram or Snap. I don't know. Snapchat is still popular, but TikTok, obviously, and and just all these things. And like you said, those kids are like sponges. Their brains are not fully developed until they're 20. So to have all these different influences, even us as adults, like we're not meant to consume as much as we do in regards to that social media platform. We're not made to have access to every little thing that everybody is doing. We're not, we're not God, we're not omnipresent. We can't be everywhere at once. And social media gives us the illusion that we can. But with, um, with teenagers or even young teens or preteens, the fact that they need to be on social media as much as they are like they are not forming their own identities they're forming identities based on what they're seeing and I can give you an example like I as a counselor like it's so sad like I have these fifth graders sixth graders like worried about their body images they're as small as a toothpick like they're they're like you know they're still growing and developing but the fact that you're concerned about your body image and everything like that is very alarming and I was like, and I always ask, well, like, where are you getting this idea from that there's something wrong? And they say, well, what I look at on social media, they look like this, this, and this. And I think it's really important for parents to be aware, like, yeah, there's funny videos. Yeah, there's, um, maybe it's a great way to distract your kids for a little bit. So that way, you know, parents can go off and do whatever they need to do for a little bit. But 
at least monitor what it is your kids are looking at. Ask them questions, check in, see how they're doing because at the end of the day, all the things we consume, it becomes a part of us. So you have to really be mindful of what you're letting your kids watch and, and consume really. Like, and even if it's very positive, like you still wanna be um, affirming them in their own identity and not letting them compare themselves to someone else. Cause then they're gonna think that who they are isn't good enough. And that's why depression rates for teens are way higher than what they've ever been. Anxiety levels, especially again for teen girls, there's research all on this um, because we're constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else and it's toxic. I believe I recently read a statistic that suicide among mm-hmm. young people is also um, not only on the rise, but it's also like the highest that it's ever been. And mm-hmm. I think it may be directly linked to, like you said, these fake images that we have on social media that, you know, we can have all of the things and we can be everything. I mean, obviously you tell your kid that you can be and do, you -hmm. know, anything they want to be absolutely encourage your, your child, but when they start to create this, um, like false acceptance of themselves because they're mm-hmm. not achieving what they see exactly. online. That's mm-hmm. when it becomes very toxic. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about, have you had any dealings with like cyberbullying or? Oh yeah. Like that All the time. And again, that's why I started my organization because it's teen girls. So whenever there's drama, um, some of the most pettiest stuff, it could be like someone looked at you funny. You put them on social media and you you bully them, you talk about them, you create fake accounts so that way they don't know it's you, you know, like um, making those posts and everything. Um, it could get really bad. And again, that plays into someone's mental health because you're like, well, are, is this true about me? Is this what people really think? And, you know, you, um, those messages are coming like, you know, clockwork, like they're just ongoing. And it's just like, how do you get something like that to stop? But they keep consuming it because they think that, hey, I need social media to, I don't know, survive. I mean, that's drastic, but um, but yeah, cyberbullying is a huge case, especially amongst teenage girls, which again is why I felt it important. Like I could do so much in my career as a school counselor, but I want to do a little bit more in my organization to where I can really teach these girls how to thrive in the skin that they're in and teach them about technology, you know, technology etiquette and all those things. So I don't think we, we actually said what GEM does. I know you talked about the group that you serve, but Mm -hmm. um, tell us about um, like the girls that you serve, what you do Mm -hmm. and why you feel um, that, that, that is your purpose. Yeah. I mean, I'll go backwards. The purpose is like everything that we've talked about so far. Like I, I really want our girls to thrive and prosper. Of course, I want the the fellas to do the same, but my heart is for the teen girls because I'm a woman and I'm praying that, you know, some men start to step into that role too, because our boys need it just as badly. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so that, that's some of the reasons why I started this organization is for them. It's to help them stay motivated, to help them know that they're important for, you know, and loved for who they are. Um, and some of the things that, you know, we do, um, again, we're in our third year as an organization, so we're constantly expanding more and more each year, which is really good. But um, so far, we've been able to service, um, you know, preteen girls to teen girls um, through a school district and work in after school programs and provide small groups. I call them gym gather 
And in the in that space, it's a lot of peer connectedness. So I've had girls get together and they like they would never t- they actually told me this like Miss Perry, we never talked to it, uh, we never talked to each other until we were part of your group, you know. And now they're like best friends outside of the group, talking to each other, encouraging each other. It's it's like that's that's the goal. That's always the goal. Um, so peer connectedness, we do we have like our own curriculum that we use to kind of really help them, you know, through those phases I mentioned earlier, they're hidden in pressure and unveiling phase. So that way, um, yeah, I mean, all in all, especially for preteens, let's teach them about their core values. Let's teach them what a value even is and why it's important to have. So that way you're not just going like, you know, with the flow and going all over the place, but you can kind of move steadily, even in the ebbs and flows of life. Um, and it's important to teach them that that as a young at a young age and also the power of being resilient. You're going to go through a lot of stuff. You're going to go through difficulties. But what you do is you never let that pressure break you. You let it shape you. So um, those are some of the things that we do in our small groups, in addition to doing a lot of creative components, because sometimes you just don't have the words to say or express yourself. I'm huge on art. Am I an artist? No. But um, I love, <laughs> I mean, I just love the, um, I mean, not a professional anyway, but I do love the, the, the idea of expressing yourself through art. Because like I said, sometimes these girls, they don't have the words, but colors can speak volumes for them or, you know, poetry if they do have the words, but it's just like all over the place or even a dance movement, you know, or a song. It could be anything. And then also teaching them the power of stillness. Like you don't have to always, like, can you be with yourself by yourself in in, in uh, quietness, not isolation, but like sit and like really think about who it is that you are, what you're about and what you're hoping for. Does that kind of stillness scare you or does it motivate you? Thankfully with some of the girls that I've worked with, they're like, oh, can we do this again? Like, it's like, it's like a breath of fresh air. So it really allows them to be present and, you know, like just really stay grounded. Um, so those are some of the things that we've done and what I'm hoping to do moving forward, um, again, to tackle the social media etiquette. Um, I want to teach workshops on that. Um, uh, so we'll have like our gym thrive workshops once a month for teen girls for high school specifically. Um, just really working with them on, you know, college and career stuff that's going into their purpose or um, social media etiquette dealing with drama conflict resolution stuff like that so just really giving them resources is what is what we're about now I love the mentorship um that your organization gem provides these young girls Mm -hmm. because I have seen so many young people just lacking very basic skills Mm -hmm. because people including their parents are not taking the time with them to explain very basic details. Yeah. And I think a disadvantage that is, um, you know, we have with this um, generation is technology. Um, yeah. it, it's a, it's a benefit, but it's also a disadvantage when, like you mm-hmm. said, a parent is just shoving, you know, a device in their child's face to kind of mm-hmm. occupy them so that they can go and do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I see a lot where uh, parents are also relying on the teachers or even the grandparents yeah. or some yeah. other adult other than mm-hmm. themselves to yeah. teach their children. Yeah. And I think um, 
that is, is just very saddening to me because, um, as a parent, you know, I know that my first role outside of being a wife, because I, I am a wife, um, is to be a mother. And Mm -hmm. that means that I'm preparing my children to become productive men and women, you know? Yeah. So I don't know that, um, in fact, I don't even want to say that. I just, I think like my husband and I, we try very hard to, to prepare the kids, even in this young age, like what are things that we value? What are things that they need to know going into different stages and phases? And like I said, Mm -hmm. um, for example, our oldest is getting ready to go into high school. Girl, Mm -hmm. we spent all summer watching all types of movies, some educational, Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. Um, real life scenarios that were like yeah. funny and different things like that because we felt that our our son needed different exposure. We don't want yeah. him going to school and learning about. And this is this is just me. So you parents mm-hmm. that are listening, maybe you disagree. Maybe you feel like your child doesn't need this exposure, but for us, we don't want our kid going to school and learning about sex from his classmates. Yeah, We exactly. wanted him to have those discussions with us mm-hmm, first mm-hmm, and to mm-hmm. create a safe space for him to know that if you have questions about sex, you might want to ask people who've had sex, not mm-hmm. your teenage friends that are, you know, pretending, or maybe they're inexperienced, or maybe they saw something on line or whatever. Yeah. So that's just yeah. one example. But um we've even been talking about um college and things like that, which I think college is great, right? Every parent's mm-hmm. dream is that their child would, you know, get accepted to this prestigious college and get this yeah. you know, great <laughs> education. But um, you know, my husband and I, we've been looking at the reality that college incurs a lot of debt. A lot of people who have college educations um, do not typically stay in the field that they are educated in, at least studies Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been even exploring other um, opportunities for him to branch out as a, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a business owner and things like that. Um, But really challenging him to like, think outside of the box and Mm -hmm. whatever it is, um, as a parent, you know, or uh, maybe you're listening out there and you don't have children. Like I said, Geneva doesn't have her own biological children, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we're all an example to other people in our sphere, whether we like it or not, they are watching Mm -hmm. us and they are, you know, examining our lives. And so for these young people, I would challenge you adults to think of the type of example that you're leading for these children. Mm -hmm. And are Mm -hmm. you being a mentor to the children that are in your sphere? And I think Geneva, it's great that you took it upon yourself and said, you know what, I don't just want to be a mentor to these young uh, people, but I also Mm -hmm. want to create an organization so that other people can partner with me and become mentors Mm -hmm. to their sphere and in other areas because they are Mm -hmm. so, so needed. I don't want my kid watching some ghetto or ratchet, you know, person on TikTok and trying to intimidate that person as Mm -hmm. a role model. 
exactly it, it's just you know it exactly. may and and that's why I say you know it may be funny we may watch the videos with them occasionally mm-hmm. and laugh and things like that but I need um children you know I I need my children yeah. And I think other children should really have an idea of like, okay, that's funny, but is that somebody that I'm trying to, um, you know, replicate, imitate, is that beha- yeah. imitate. thank mm-hmm. you. Or, mm-hmm. you know, is that behavior that I'm trying to replicate? Because you have, for example, these kids that want to be um, rappers and, you know, gangbangers or, you know, yeah. something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, do you know that most of those people that are are pursuing those careers are starving artists for mm-hmm. one not a lot of people either have the talent or the resources to to make it in those very challenging industries yeah well, two, if you're trying to be a gangbanger most of those people are dead or in jail by 25 yeah so it's really just um taking the time to create new opportunities for mm-hmm. these 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 children and yeah. it starts as early as I mean, two, one. <laughs> exactly. Like, hello, yeah. when your child is born, mm-hmm. hello, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. the time to start thinking about um, the things that they're influencing. I'm gonna share a story with you. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, put my business out there. Because one thing that I, I want to do more of is to be more transparent. I told my husband yeah. that I think one thing that the church lacks, and here I go, mm-hmm. putting my foot in my mouth. We're talking about the church now. So You're don't okay. stone me. You're don't okay. stone me. Don't send me any bad <laughs> mail, people. But um, I don't think that we do a good job at talking really about where we're where we've come from, our struggles, and yeah. where we're currently at. And then we can't help people that are going through those things. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, because we don't know. Uh, because we don't know and we're pretending that yeah. we have it all together. And then people yeah. are like, wow, I wish that I had it all together, like, Mm -hmm. you know, this person, and you're like, that person is not a good example behind closed doors, but we don't know because you don't share any of the struggles. Anyhow, um, when I was not walking with Jesus, I was playing with Jesus, I guess you could say. Um, (laughs) And I I was, I was going through a hard time. I was going through a divorce from my first husband and I had this little baby and um, I was going, like I said, I was going through the divorce. So I used to smoke um, prior to being saved uh, cigarettes and, and actually, hello, I used to smoke weed too, but um, Mm -hmm. I had stopped and um, I remember my kid uh, and I was just smoking again because I was stressed out because divorce is stressful. Okay. Mm. But um, I remember my child at like one and I wouldn't smoke around him. I would like go outside or, you know, somebody was in the house with him. I would, I would go far, far away. But one day he saw me or no, no, no. He didn't see me. He saw somebody else that um, it was another relative who did smoke And he must've came up to me and said, mommy, I'm not gonna smoke when I get older. And I was Mm. like, oh, this is at one year old. And I was like, I need to stop because whether or not he was seeing me or not. And actually Mm -hmm. um, this person was like babysitting my kids. So I knew that they were kind of smoking around them, you know, not, Mm. not in the house. So like I say, nobody's smoking like with the kid in the, in the car or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, but around them enough to where they had observed it. And I just was like, we got a new babysitter as soon as I could, because Mm -hmm. I was like, that is not behavior that I want my son to be exposed to in that way to where now he's going around saying, well, I don't smoke at one years old. So Mm -hmm. when Geneva and I are saying that kids 
you know, are such sponges, you know, if you're listening to this, think of the things that your kid is saying, that Mm -hmm. would be my first thing. Are you proud of the things that they're saying? Do you care what they're saying? Do you know who they're hanging out with? Yeah. Um, Do you know, like the challenges that they're facing? Mm -hmm. Do they know that they can come to you? So Geneva, talk to us about um, your testimony and Mm -hmm. how it like, like your experience in um, grade school and how that helped you start your mentorship program. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll definitely get to that, but I'm just like, you just touched on so So many invaluable points. And I really hope your listeners are paying attention. One, the main message is parents, please, 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 as involved as you are, be involved even more as much as you can. And there's no shame to like, if you do have to give your child some, you know, a phone or something to watch or, you know, while you go off and cook, like there's no shame in that. Like technology is not the enemy. It's how we continually use it and what it's being used for to where it can become more impressionable for our kids than actually being you know, advocated for or affirmed by the people in their own sphere. So um, whether household, cousins, aunts, uncles, like everyone has an influence. Um, So please just um, as much as their um, verbal cues, like be aware of those, but even their nonverbal, were they once happy and now not as happy? Ask them what is going on. Like I noticed this and this about you. Take them out of the house, even it's like just, just to Go sit and drink coffee. Don't have your kids drink coffee. I, I don't get that. But you Take know what I mean? Take them on a date. Like, Take your kids Take on a date. date. Just you and you and your baby. Yeah, to really check in. Get outside. Yeah, to get outside a familiar setting because then it will give them a chance to really open up, hopefully. But um, but don't let the silence at first be an indicator like, oh, they're fine. You know, it's whatever. Like really give them the patience and the opportunity to use the power of their voice to say, hey, this is what's going on. Um, not trying to be their best friend you're still their parent but just having that type of level of relationship like oh my gosh it would it would it would do so much for them and we as mentors or counselors or educators we can only do so much it really takes a village to really help and the parents are the main advocates we just partner with the parents yes. to make to make something happen because um, but you, you can't yeah, oh, you can't make more of an impact than the I mean you can try to make a good impact more than the person's parent but Mm -hmm. they are their child's first teacher yeah so and it and everything that you're trying to impart to these kids Geneva it how effective are you if they're going to go home and the parent's not going to support what you're saying? Exactly. So that's why in our organization, we're really trying to advocate this upcoming year, the years to come to really do more family oriented workshops, like whether it's mother, daughter talks or mother, father, daughter talks, like just really incorporating the family as a whole. Cause like you said, and I, I, I had that thought all the time. Like I could talk to this person so I'm blue in the face saying the same exact thing, but if they go home to the same environment where they're being told opposite, and not that I'm trying to dictate or or make someone do what I want them to do, no. But if I see something that's like uh, a little questionable, I'm I'm hoping that the parents would back, you know, back that up too, and we could all come together to really help the kids prosper. Um anyway, let me get off my soapbox, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but you said you wanted to know about my testimony like throughout grade school. Yeah. 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 So um, I mean, I'll I'll go far as far back as uh maybe let's see high school. 
Um, so yeah, I, I know I experienced um, a lot of bullying, not anything physical, but verbal bullying, um, just being made fun of for my appearances, even like my voice, because I'm very soft-spoken and you're, and you know, you gotta be, and if you're black, you gotta be hood and sound hood. And at least that's the environment I was around, which I'm like, okay, whatever. But, um, but yeah, having to experience that type of bullying almost on a daily, if not weekly basis, it was very challenging. Did I feel safe telling my parents what was going on? No, because I felt alone and I thought I was alone in all of that. Um, I experienced um, anxiety for the first time, panic attacks, because I was trying to, one, be invisible, but also trying to please people. So like that's like ugh, a tiring process in itself. Um, so just going throughout my years of high school, like really just battling between trying to not be noticed uh, so that way people wouldn't pick on me and also trying to prove myself of why I'm worthy. So it's like, it was very contradicting, a very confusing time. Again, experienced anxiety for the first time in my life during those years because of all those things that I felt and I kept it like, I kept it um, compressed in, like I, I wasn't expressing it. I was just like, I mean, I would pray about it to Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, you went through things like this too. You went through tougher things. Yeah. So that helped me a little bit get through. And I, I always um, am thankful now that I, I had mentors without knowing I had mentors because of the ladies at my church. And obviously my parents, like, again, they, but they're your parents. Like you don't really, you know, take their advice, especially at a younger age. I don't know what it is about that. Like, they, it's like they you want to listen to you want to listen to everybody except them. Exactly. But okay, <laughs> if you do that, then make sure you listen to someone who, you know, who's going to speak truth and life back into you. Um, but I had that, thankfully, going to church. And um, I really feel like that was like a safe haven for me. But even at church, sometimes, you know, the kids, other kids would say things too. Um, but just the, the um, women that I looked up to that really loved on me and loved on me really well, like that really helped a lot. And, um, and that, and, you know, just even going through my own healing process, I, I mean, years and years later, like, you know, I, I was like really angry. And again, I had the anxiety and all those things. And I had to really deal with those emotions or else it was going to ruin the good relationships that finally did come my way with like, you know, finally gaining pure friendships that, you know, aren't sucking out of me, but actually pouring into me that gives me the ability to pour back. Um, so, you know, going through the therapy route and all those things and, and finding healing through, um, you know, Jesus and just that beautiful journey. Um, and, you know, things are still a journey. You still go through things, but um, but I'm very thankful for that season. Oh, actually, I can say that now. I haven't actually really vocalized it, but I can say, like, I'm really grateful for that season because it, it, it did show me the resilience. It did show me that um that I'm not alone it showed me that man really look for the people who do love and care for you and are speaking life into you um it, it did show me that hey things do get better because girls go through way tougher things than verbal bullying nowadays like um you know especially girls in foster care like they have my heart too I really want to do something with them but um you know girls who go through that like abandonment literal abandonment from you know whether it be their parents or um, anything of that nature, like you mentioned, like just the mental health up and downs that they experience, the social media comparison, traps, I call them, um, uh, molestation and keeping that closed in for years on end. And oh gosh, just like really heartbreaking things. But it's like, what's on the other side? 
Yeah. And that's what I, I and that's what I try to advocate for. Like, yes, it's, it's really messy and I can't empathize with everything, but there has got to be light at the end of this dark tunnel. Yeah, and I think there are so many things that we all go through. You, mm-hmm. if anybody who has breath in their lungs yeah. has been mm-hmm. through some things, but I think creating that safe place for your child to come to you and have somebody that they can confide in. And like we joked about, yeah. like, you know, kids don't want to go to their parents. They don't want to listen to their parents, but letting them know that you are available when they're ready mm-hmm. to talk is great. It's and huge. yeah, I say that, and you know, because some days we'll be sitting around the house and out of nowhere, TJ will come up and just start asking me questions about the Bible or about, mm. you know, we've had some other deep, you know, conversations. And at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I'm really glad that we had that talk, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's just an environment that we need to remember that we want to cultivate for these young people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because again, we don't want that. And, and I think that was one thing that I um, struggled with as an adolescent was not feeling like I had people to go to, to yeah. ask questions and things. So mm-hmm. I was very, very naive. I was yep, very naive me about too. sex. I was very mm-hmm. naive about um consequences for decisions that I would make. And, you know, I always, in fact, I had a conversation with TJ the other week, like last week. And I said, you know, I knew that the Lord always had a hand on my life because there were situations that I was involved in that Mm -hmm. he saved me and he protected Mm. me. But for some kids out there, that is not their story. How do you, like, what do you say to parents that are, that are, that their children are dealing with some really tough issues, whether it be bullying, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, molestation or abuse, sexual Mm -hmm. abuse, what, um, what tools can a parent use to reach their child and to help some of that healing process? Mm. That's really good. That's a really good question. And I'm going to take just a minute so I can like really answer it with wisdom and not out of my, you know, cause again, I'm not in this situation. I can only go from what I've done. And, um, and well, yeah, of, even though think about oh, it, like with your, with your students, like, yeah. you know, what, what do you tell your kids when they bring to you some really heavy stuff? Yeah. Um, let them know that their voice is powerful, that if they're experiencing something or, you know, having feelings or different thoughts, or if there's situations going on, like really tell them that it's better out than in, um, then really cultivate that. And I, I can even like, you know, go back to years ago when, yeah, I was being bullied and, you know, went through my therapy to heal from all those things and all that stuff. And I finally had to sit down, like a, I made a dinner for my family and express to them the things that I went through cultivate family dinners, not like no distractions, no TV, no cell phones, like just really talk. Um, and it doesn't have to be heavy every time, but yeah, cultivating that type of environment in your house, like where when it's dinner time, it's family time. And you guys, you know, it might start out as light, but then maybe there's heavy things that, you know, you want to address, but that's what your family is for. You're not, uh, and just really cultivating that sense of family and unity and, you know, um, so that way, the child feels safe. And not that they don't feel safe without that, but oh my goodness, even more so 
if you really cultivate that early on. Um, and just really, um, I would say even also like just affirming your child, even if they don't receive it at first, like, oh, you're so beautiful like that. And you know, teenagers, ah, okay, whatever. But at least you're affirming them and affirming yes. them and affirming them and affirming them. And so one day they're going to question it and like, rem and remember those very words, like, no, my mom said that I was very powerful. My dad said that I was super smart and that I have a lot going for me. Your words as a parent really matters really matters yes. even when you're angry at your teen or your um your child i mean really really try to be cautious of the words you use it's, it's fine to have be angry and especially express that but not to demean them or who they are because their identities are so impressionable and whatever you say to them it will stick you know um and it could get unstuck don't don't it's not you know made in stone but if you can even if you're mad at them like just express that like hey you did X, Y, and Z, and it really made me feel this way. And I just want you, you know, like just really using your, your words. I tell the kids all the time, use your I statements. You're not blaming anyone. You're not demeaning anyone. You're just really expressing how something that someone did made you feel. And even as parents, you have the authority to do that as well. I know that your parents are like, eh, you know, like just getting away from that statement of what I say goes, yes, absolutely. But kids still need to understand why. They're getting way more, they're out, they're getting bold. Okay, Ginger, maybe you can attest to this. Kids are bold. They're gonna wanna know why they need to do something a certain way or why you're reacting a certain way because they need to understand. So, so yeah. yeah, those are the things I would try to implement. I think too, it's really boils down to just taking the time with your the child. Time. Yeah. Because I think, I've seen a lot of parents be too busy or mm -hmm. they just, you know, don't want to be involved or they're, like I said, going to leave it up to the teacher or the school yeah. to have these conversations, you know, with your child. And yeah. I think we really do our youth a disservice um, when we're not the first people that they want to go to. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just allowing us to be, um, open, you know, to, yeah. to hear them. We may not like what they're going to say. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times that, um, TJ has said things to me that hurt my feelings. And of course he's not mm -hmm. trying to, but just hearing his heart behind it has yeah. really, um, I think just allowed me to look introspectively as a parent and say, okay, where do I need to adjust? Or maybe I'm not yeah. reaching him in this area. Like who else can I have come alongside me? Um, another mm. thing that you said, and, and um, we can end pretty soon with, with some thoughts that you may have, but um, mm. not everybody that listens to this podcast may be a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. However, I know that when I personally try to give advice to somebody that may be going through a hard situation, um, I typically revert to Jesus because I know him to be tried and true. And I love how you keep bringing him up into the mm -hmm. picture to invite the Lord into this process. So parents, yeah. um, I would just say that if you're having a difficult time in your own personal life, if you're having a difficult time with your child, mm -hmm. with your job, any situation, have you tried Jesus? 
And I say that and people say, yeah, well, I, you know, I pray or whatever. Okay. Well, maybe you need to do it some more. Has Mm -hmm. the Lord responded to you? Oh, well, what does that mean? Does the Lord doesn't talk like actually, you know, he does. And I find that when I'm going through something challenging and, and even now we've been teaching Tobias, (laughs) TJ to, (laughs) um, learn the voice of God. And I told him, um, you know, I said, I don't want you to follow Jesus just because I told you that that's the thing to do when we go to church on Sundays. Mm -hmm. I want you to follow Jesus because you know him for yourself, because you know that when you're in a situation that you can go to him because people are going to challenge him and say, Oh, Jesus is fake. Or I don't believe in that. Or, you know, that's, you know, fantasy and the Bible's not real Mm -hmm. or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I challenged him. We challenge him, you know, study for yourself, ask God questions, talk to him. If he's a real God, wouldn't he speak back to you or, you know, Mm -hmm. however the conversation Mm -hmm. may go, but I love that you are, um, just, touching like you know going back to that that you know it is a process and again parents if you're if you're between a rock and a hard place I would encourage you to go to go back to the Lord and just seek him and and see what happens the one of my favorite scriptures is from Jeremiah 29 13 a lot of people Mm. quote Jeremiah 29 11 but verse 13 says that when you seek me with all of your heart I will be found by you Mm. and so God gives us a promise that we will find him when we seek him and I think that in parenting it's crucial you you gotta be seeking Jesus because these kids as they get older (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know, yeah. but, um, any final thoughts, Geneva, before we, yeah. before we go? Yeah. One, one thing that, um, kind of, and I love that. Yes. I mean, if you don't know Jesus, please, he, he loves you so much. Even if you don't know him, he already knew you, um, before you even came into existence. So I, I hope and pray that you, you give him a chance to really show you what love truly is and what he can do for you, um, and with you. And um, I also felt like a prompting to say, like kind of reverting a little bit backwards to, you know, all the things that we said, like, you know, what parents do or don't do, but parents, you guys are human too. You are human. And I think it's okay for kids to, to see your humanness, but as long as you're processing that humanness in a healthy way to yes. where the kids are like, okay, so I went through X, Y, and Z, and now my child is going through X, Y, Z. Let me tell them, you know, tell them your story. Um, they may not always want to listen, but I think when you come to, with the approach of like, hey, I've been there. I know exactly what you're feeling. I know what it's like to have your friends betray you. I know what it's like to, um, you know, experience, a, a, you know, your first love and then they don't love you anymore. Or, you know, like just really coming to them with humanness. And yeah, again, you still have to carry that authority role as a parent because you're protecting your child and all those things. But when you also come at, with the light of grace and humanness and like, hey, I don't have it all together and I don't want to give you the illusion, you know, like don't put up a front, like really let some of those walls start going down so your child can really start connecting with you. Because when a child thinks that someone is perfect, they're gonna be like, oh, they don't, they just don't get it, you know. But when they Absolutely. understand a little bit more of your story and that, hey, they do kind of know what I'm going through, let me talk to them some more. Man, healing for both parties, for the parent yeah. and for the child. I actually think that that's one of the 
best ways that we've been able to connect with TJ is when Mm. we've told him some of the crazy things that we've been through and like the bad choices that we've made. And obviously Mm. we're keeping it PG 13 family. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm not not saying be explicit (laughs) in all those things. Like read the room, read the room, know your audience. Yeah. (laughs) But the goal is to like, let him know I made a mistake and this is what happened. And these were the consequences. So, you know, I think having that transparency and that vulnerability with your children does allow them to say, oh my gosh, my parents are human and it's okay. Like they messed up too, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of walking around, like everything has to be perfect all the time, you know, and, and even apologizing to your children. I think that's huge, you know, when you make mistakes or if you hurt Mm -hmm. their feelings or, um, you know, any of that stuff, it's, it's definitely not one, one way parenting do, do as I say, you know, do as, do do as you're told kind of thing, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. um, I think more so do as I lead, you know, do, do what I do. If I'm, if I'm not doing what I'm asking you to do, then that to me is, is not a good example. So anyhow, um, let's close and, and just tell people how they can reach you. If they're interested in knowing about, um, your curriculum, your mentorship Mm -hmm. program, how can they get in contact with you and follow you on social media or anything? Yes, yes, yes. And Ginger, thank you. I love your podcast. Thank you so much again for having me on. I I consider it an honor um, because again, like this is a this is a sacred territory. I I envy not envy, but I I um I commend all mothers because I I see the hard work. So <laughs> keep it up. And we thank uh, you. Yeah, we thank you because we need our educators we need people in the education system to love our children the way that you do because not everybody that is in the education system has that passion for children the way that you do and Mm -hmm. so you know I'm just very grateful for for you for the work that you do because Mm -hmm. it is needed this is like we've said before and you've heard it before it takes a village you know like you said and that village includes the educators it includes the community leaders it includes Mm -hmm. the parents it it takes all it includes the family members all the family members you know to get involved and to work towards the common goal yeah healthy and whole children and families and and supporting each other so absolutely and then that's where we start getting unity I say unity starts in the home before it starts in the world um yeah yeah girl yeah we'll talk we'll have to maybe do a part (laughs) two but anyway um so yeah how you can reach me or how and we're actually accepting we're doing trainings now for anyone that wants to be a gym I call them gym prosper facilitator because you're literally forming your own gym gather group in your facility or entity school. And we want to offer our curriculum to you to use and give you all the resources and everything you would need to run a successful group. Um, but anyway, awesome. you can contact us through our website um, or vi- learn more about us through our website, uh, www.gymwithin.org, G-E-M as in Matthew, within.org. Um, or you can go to our Instagram account underscore gym within underscore. 
Um, and I would give emails, but all of that information is on our website. So just visit our website. <laughs> and I'll drop some links in the podcast too. So that yeah, contact information yeah. will be there for anybody that didn't catch that or maybe um, the spelling or something like that. But again, yeah. um, we just want to thank Geneva for being a part Yay. of the conversation today. And yes, I would love to have you on again, just so we can talk some more about how to pour into these young people and maybe provide yeah. some more tips and tools. Um, yeah. You know, give us an update on how Gem is going. Yeah. And even yeah. Um, maybe we can talk about our upcoming project that we're working on together just to get young people in our own Yay. community together um, yes. that we've talked about. So anyway, stay tuned, stay tuned, audience. Thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you again later on the Tripod Mom. Good night. Good night. I don't know about you, but in our house, we love spicing up our meals with hot sauce. We have all the traditional faves, but we also enjoy trying new flavors from time to time. I am so glad that we found the goddamn sauce. They're a local sauce company based out of Los Angeles, California, that was started by two Howard alumni. From pineapple ginger sauce to curry reaper hot sauce, everything is extraordinary and will boss up every meal. They're also a black owned business, which if you know anything about the Tripod Mom, we love supporting our black owned businesses. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at The Goddamn Sauce. That's the G-O-T-D-A-M-N Sauce, The Goddamn Sauce. And boss up using promo code MOMBOSSES. That's M-O-M-B-A-U-C-E-S for 15% off your next order. Get your sauce up with The Goddamn Sauce, the boss of all sauces. Thanks for listening today on The Tripod Mom. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. That way we can reach more listeners with stories just like these. Thanks again.